sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back here, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Thanks for waking up early with us. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, the candle burner, helping me give you all the insights you need as we look back on week six of the NFL season. I thought this game was interesting, the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. I got to tell you something. I thought Indianapolis would win. They did. But I got the way this would go down all wrong, Kev, on Sunday morning here on Pro Football Today with our people, Mike Blewett and Ariel Epstein, Davis Maddock comes on, Cam Stewart comes on, Dr. Chow comes on. It's a good old time on Sunday morning. I made the point that I thought this was going to be the breakout game for rookie Jonathan Taylor, Kev. Right. Cincy, you can run on. They were banged up up front. I also have seen that the Colts don't want Philip Rivers to do a lot. You know what I mean? I've been seeing him target the tight ends and the running backs and not necessarily be YOLO, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jameis Winston. But when you go down big early to the Cincinnati Bengals, you need Philip Rivers to bring you back. That's what he did. He put the ball up 44 times, 371 yards and three touchdowns as the Indianapolis Colts come back on the Bengals, get the job done, and they go to 4-2. and two. Week 6 Colts backers. That's unfortunate. Season-long Colts backers. Rejoice. That was yeah. the best case scenario for that yeah. football team. Can see, it can behind. be done that way. Finally. Philip, is it against the Bengals? Sure. You were down 21-0. And you came back around and you had that thing tight by the break. A three-point game by the break. Ultimately get the job done and win 31-27. Phillip Rivers throws for 371 yards, three touchdowns. You finally had some other guys getting involved in the passing game. Trey Burton, Trey Burton, Trey Burton. We're going to hear his yeah. name nonstop now as the new favorite of Phillip Rivers, apparently. That's what happens yeah. when a guy gets in the end zone. He also went the little wildcat read. I mean, get my guy some credit. Sure. Man. That's, listen, don't Philly forget special. anybody that was a part of Philly Philly. Like that yeah, year no, Philly, Philly. forever in my heart. And he was a quarterback so, in college, too. So, hey. Well, and, that, and that's why they let him get in the mix. For the Colts, though, ultimately, that was the best case scenario, man. Like, you couldn't have drawn it up any better. Them doing the game script that you expected, and by the way, yeah. most expected, it was a game script that made sense, would have not done them any good. This was the best thing that could have happened to Indianapolis. Now, I, I agree with you, uh, you know. I go back to the reference point, you know, remember when we were impressed when we saw Cam in Seattle, right, Kev? And we were like, mm. ah, ah, they have that in their toolbox, right? What and happened? I think what you're saying is <laughs> this Indianapolis Colts win shows that the Colts have this in their toolbox. With some of these teams, Kev, that we expect to be playing in January, for me, and it seems like for you, what's more important is to – get a better sense of them for when it matters down the road. And I think that's yeah. what you're talking about when it relates to uh, Philip Rivers and the Colts yesterday. The, 
Only qualifier I want to add is, I don't know if Good. I believe it, right? And I don't know if any of us should believe it. It's important that they believe it, though. They believe and it, right? They needed that as a confidence boost. Ultimately, he they're down 21 nothing to Baltimore. Tell that story walking. There's no live bet coming right. for me. But they needed the confidence to know mm-hmm. it's possible. We can trust yep. Rivers down. Yeah, no, I'm with you. As we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, thanks for waking up early with us. Shout out to all the affiliates here on the grid. I will say one thing for Cincinnati before we move on, Kev. Listen, your boy who's larger than all the humans is the top wide receiver in the Cincinnati pass game. T. Higgins, again, six for 125, and he looks to be the new apple of the eye of Joe Burrow. Remember, Joe Burrow at LSU saw this dude at Clemson in big-time spots be like, oh, that guy can deliver. I'm going to go to him. I do want to ask you about another game real quick. We only got a couple minutes, but I feel like we can squeeze this one in. I thought that this was going to be the breakout party for rookie running back Justin uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor. No, no, no. What we saw was the breakout performance of a different rookie running back, and that happened in Jacksonville where DeAndre Mm. Swift gets into the end zone twice. He runs for 116 yards. He is still part of the passing game, but remember, running backs ascend over time, and Matt Patricia goes on the road and gets a two-touchdown victory against the Jags. Is this more about Swift and the Lions being feasible, or the Jags? are who we thought they were i don't know i don't know i don't know i hate the lions team they've lost three games they've been up by double digits in every single game they've lost they look sweet here today off of a bye we're rolling more deandre swift the better they had a goal they had one of the most outrageous goal line performances i've ever seen it was like they had a madden challenge and it was to get tj hawkinson and touchdown play one no play two it's true play three finally it was outrageous. The Jaguars are as bad as everybody said. And I would tell you this. We were able to make money against this team with Houston, right? Yeah. Should have went back to the well. Should have yeah. went back to the well. I I thought this could have been a tough spot where Gardner surprises, and it was, it was over early. Now, albeit, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with the Lions up big. That's the thing, right? You're going to back up. Patricia as a road exactly. favorite? <laughs> but listen – I, I, you know, it's, it's, I always love when something like this happens, when both sides can be right. Everybody that loved the Lions, rightfully so. But for someone like me who said, you're backing Matt Patricia, they're two and three, this is Matt Patricia. Because when you lose double digit leads three times in five weeks, that's coaching. This team should be much better than two and three, but they're not because Patricia's the coach. Yep. Absolutely. And by the way, we're talking about these rookie running backs. Maybe James Robinson clock has struck midnight and he turns into a pumpkin. Only 29 yards in this one. More games to talk about when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line on the grid, giving you the edge. Dane and Kevin looking at these week six matchups, and then we got two more to preview. We got a World Series to look at. The sports calendar gives you no days off because, you know, you had four months off earlier in the year. Kev, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons who get their first win of the season against the Minnesota Vikings. I got to ask it to you this way. You know, obviously, Dan Quinn gets fired this week. They move on. You mentioned that when Bill O'Brien left for the Texans, they bowed up and got a win, have looked better since then. Here's what I think happened, honestly. I think Matt Ryan heard the noise, if you want to know the truth, Kev, because not only was it new head coach, new GM, people were like, oh, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Oh, they're going to move on from Matt Ryan. It's time to turn the page. Well, Matt Ryan says, Hold my beer going 30 of 40, 371 yards passing, four touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, yes, Julio Jones can score touchdowns. He gets into the end zone twice, 137 yards and eight catches. Looks like the Falcons' offense was back. All you got to do is fire your coach, Kev. Yeah, it's uh, apparently it's an easy way. Look, Julio being back. Obviously mattered. 8-137, two scores, was excellent in this football game. But for the people at home, there's a reason why I wait until noon to make my bets. Because if I were a get-out-in-front-of-it-better, i jump on Minnesota three-and-a-half earlier in the week. i watch it go to watch four. i watch it go to four-and-a-half. I'm doing laps. I'm loving it. They're going to kill this team. And then what happens? Whoa, 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 why is it four? Whoa, 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 why is it three and a half? You have to start asking yourself questions. I, 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 I said on Friday, I thought Minnesota was my best bet. I didn't make the bet. I didn't forget. Hmm. I didn't chicken out. You could sense something was up. Why was everybody on Minnesota and this was going the other way? You have to be willing to step back from the window on those spots. You have to be. Even if you sit there and Minnesota handles this game and you say, ah, I knew it. Yeah, but you know what? You've, you might have avoided a danger spot. And over time, you can avoid it. And some people might say, well, then why didn't you bet Atlanta? Well, now listen, I'm sitting there with egg on my face if I like Minnesota that much. And then ultimately, right. they win the game because I thought I could get cute. But you have to ask yourself the why. Because if you can come up with a reasonable answer, you can avoid these traps. And a reasonable answer is we've seen the firing of a head coach matter. We've seen Kirk Cousins be unimaginably awful happened. And also, something that sometimes we get a little too comfortable with. Dalvin Cook really does matter to this team. Really does matter. He's their best yeah. offensive player. If I were to tell you a team's best offensive player is out and then their offense looks horrible, why would that be surprising? I know, running backs, do they matter? Don't they matter? I get it. But ultimately, there was enough there to step back from the window. I don't come here today to tell you that I slammed Atlanta and I'm a genius. No, no, no. I was just able to step over a trap. Now, I didn't step over enough of them, okay? But this was at least one spot we were able to avoid. Yeah, I hear you. And listen, you bring up the Dalvin Cook being missing in action there, right? A lot of people were on Alexander Madison, who was not going to give up his shot, but he only goes 10 carries, 26 yards. And like yeah, you said, having an elite. Right up. 
having an elite running back does seem to matter, especially when they are built to be able to have Dalvin Cook and then, similar to some other teams, right, then leverage the play action with Kirk Cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, the Atlanta Falcons get their first win of the season. Kev, I don't know if you saw our Sunday morning show, but literally we had to start a counter of when people would say, sorry, Dane, as it relates to the New York Jets, but I'm inspired now. They're not going to go 0-16. Guess what? Because apparently all they got to do is fire their head coach. Message, fire their head coach. And then they'll win a game next week, Kev. We've seen that trend hold true. The question is, if and when the New York Jets will drop the hammer on Adam Gaze as they get absolutely shut out by the Miami Dolphins in a game where the Dolphins are a franchise who haven't had a running back get 100 scrimmage yards in about two years, yet Miles Gaskin goes off for over 125 scrimmage yards. It is bad enough that we see Tua Tagovailoa in this game, and Joe Flacco should be nowhere near an NFL field, but I guess it doesn't matter because, you know, Adam Gaze has the Jets practicing well, or they've got a smart scheme some Somehow, we now even have Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, and in my opinion, the future interim head coach of the New York football Jets, talking about this offense and how bad it is. Kev, with the Eagles, you mentioned they're down a lot of playmakers. With the Vikings, you talk about how they don't have Dalvin Cook. Now, the Jets have bastardized Le'Veon Bell to Kansas City. They've got Crowder, but that's about it, right? Some of their their, their big wide receiver draft pick, not there. Perryman, not 100%. This running back room they have, sure, we tip our cap to Gore, but they have got nothing on the offensive side of the ball. What happens here? Like, yeah, Miami's 3-3, three and three. cool. The Jets are the worst team in football. It's not even close. They're on pace for the worst point differential in NFL history. There is a redeeming quality about this team. Not one. Rashad Perriman, Robbie Anderson, how'd that swap work out? Frank Gore? Yeah. Love him. I, I think what Frank cool. Gore is Yeah, yeah, I got nothing bad to say about Gore. I mean, okay. you know, but as he's a, 87 as a years old. He's doing what he can. A lead back, it's insanity. Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco. 28-yard sacks, bro. I, I, I heard the other day, ah, Joe Flacco might not be healthy. Yeah, you know who should have known that? The Jets when they signed him and he wasn't healthy. Joe Flacco is garbage and has been garbage for years. This isn't a surprise. This isn't a surprise at all. There is not one redeeming quality about this team. 0-6 is 0-6. You know what the Dolphins did last year? At some point, started covering some numbers because the numbers Showed some were pride. Too the Dolphins just lay 10, and at no point, at no point, did a Jets backer have life. None. I mean, it was over from the word go. This is the single most pathetic team I think I have ever seen. I really believe that. And I don't care if they fire Adam Gase, because I don't think Greg Williams is really going to help all that much either. This, every single thing that they are running out there, needs to be stripped down. And that is why I have come to you time after time, defeated. At the end of the day, am I a Jets fan? No. But I want to see this team do well. We're here in New York. It's much better when this team's in the mix, okay? I don't care. The Adam Gase thing, Dane, it doesn't matter. There's no redeeming qualities here. He's poisoned the whole thing. We're talking about a total 
tear down job that needs to happen to replenish what this team is now about to do for the next 10 weeks or 11 weeks when you include the bye. This is point blank period, the most pathetic team in football, not worst team, the most pathetic team in football. Yeah, I agree with you, Kev. And I am a Jets fan. Have been the entire my entire life. Okay, I agree with you. Um, I do think Adam Gaze should be now fired in season. I told you before Monday Night Football in a couple of weeks they play New England on Monday Night Football on national TV. They're going to get boat raced on that one. In my opinion, to fall to zero and nine, and then they will have a bye week after that. Okay, and that's personally where I think it's going to go down. But then again, Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas may not drop the hammer on this guy until the end of the season. I think even their medical team needs to be indicted. The only thing, Kev, that I care about on this team now is Sam Darnold. So ask me, how was he okay enough to, after that injury two weeks ago, finish the second half of that game and now not be out there the last two weeks? What I don't know what's going on to the kid. I asked Dr. Dr. Chow, and you know, he's got to care for his like, you know, fraternity brothers there. And all he can tell me is that the Jets are making interesting medical decisions. You even see Makai Becton, Osemele, and others, Quincy Anunwa, and others with this team. It is piss poor. It needs to be broken down. And, you know, I don't want to get political, but there is a universe here where the Woody Johnson comes back in a month or two and wonder what he is going to think about the team that he owns and what he needs to do to get them to not be the laughing stock of the NFL. They were competing with the Giants for that, but the Giants got a win yesterday. We'll talk about that one when we come back on the other side of the Sports Grid News Update. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line and onto the grid. Big shout out, of course, to our radio affiliates from around the country, including out west, the mightier 1090. Thanks for waking up very early with us, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, giving you the information you need, hopefully, to make it a profitable day. Let's look at the last game from yesterday's slate, Kev. And, you know, you made the point with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They were like 1-4-1 and one, and only a half game back. We'll see what Dallas does tonight. But we got two teams who, after yesterday's action in the NFC East, ironically, could still only be one game back. The New York football giants win to go to 1-5. and five. They beat the Washington football team, who fall to 1-5. and five. The Giants get it done 20-19, to 19, although I don't think anybody's writing home about any kind of dynamic explosion in this one, Kev. No, I mean, this was a, a ridiculous game here, man. Um, ultimately, Ron Rivera says, look, I'm not watching either of you two teams play anymore. We're going to go for two and we'll live with the results. Uh, I think that's a nice win-win-lose-win scenario for him uh, where, you know, your record gets worse, better draft position, you win the football game, you're excited about winning the football game. Uh, I I think the passing splits here are jaw-dropping. How Daniel Jones was 12 of 19 and Kyle Allen was 31 of 42 
Like, what in the world <laughs> happened here in this game uh, to have those finals numbers look the way they did? Daniel Jones was running, by the way, a lot. I'll tell you, that's what happened. Like, no, that's what happened, Kev. Runs, it felt like that's yeah, what happened for sure. That's the answer to yeah. why Danny Dimes only puts it up 19 times because he had seven runs, right? And that was actually yeah. working. Daniel Jones is now one of three quarterbacks, Kev, in the NFL who lead their team in rushing. Lamar Jackson, Kyla Murray, and Daniel Jones. Yeah, I feel like Jones is built a bit different, though, and might speak to the running <laughs> back room uh, in New York. Slayton, by the way, continues to look good, but he got banged up in this one. Banged up. Uh, Evan Ingram, goodness me, I don't know what's happened to this guy. Jason Garrett's abysmal. Uh, I can't, I got to tell you, of all of the baffling decisions that have been made by these teams, to be an NFC East team, to get an, a front row seat to Jason Garrett, and then to make him your offensive coordinator is maybe the most laughable move that anybody made this entire offseason. And, like, listen, what am I going to do? Am I going to come in here and rip Washington again for the fifth week in a row? Yes, Dwayne Haskins probably would have played better. Kyle Allen played fine. It, it is what it is. They're terrible. The Giants are terrible. But, as you said, they both might be a game back when tonight ends. I mean, it's my heart yeah. is warmed by the NFC East. We are all terrible and we are going to win a playoff game and I love it. All right, fair enough. At least someone will host the playoff game, maybe with a sub-500 record. There's not much from this game, but from a fantasy aspect, listen, McLaurin is still the heaviest targeted wide receiver. He will have value, even if it's negative game script, garbage time for the football team moving forward. Devontae Freeman is starting to at least get opportunity as though he is a lead back. 18 carries, although remember it is behind that dumpster fire of an offensive line, so he only gets 61 yards still more yards to carry than david montgomery i might add and then you mentioned slayton who is another kind of viable asset but that's the thing right both of these teams now are one and five kev yet hmm. depending on what happens tonight they could still be very close like the nfc east tomorrow when we're talking could have mm -hmm. all four teams within one game of each other right yeah. with the leader at two and four Someone at one, four, and one, and then the other two teams at one and five. That, however, would presuppose that the Dallas Cowboys, who are at home tonight on Monday Night Football, would lose to the Arizona Cardinals. This line has gone back and forth all week. I am now staring at the Dallas Cowboys as one point favorite. So, in essence, a pick 'em when the Arizona Cardinals come in. I see 54 and a half as the total. A lot of people just think Kyla Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and this Cliff Kingsbury offense is going to go bonkers against the last rated defense in the NFL. The Cowboys give up more points a game than anyone. And now Arizona is coming to town. It is, however, their third straight road game. So I always hold out the possibility that they come out mm. flat. But the Cowboys defense has been the elixir for that. It even helped the Giants score over 30 last week. How do you mm. see this game playing out, Kev? So this is a game you and I were talking a little bit pre-show about the narratives that will yeah. exist pre- and post-game that set up probably a lot of people for I told you so's. It feels like the kind of game that when you make your decision, ask yourself what will keep you up at night and what will allow you to sleep peacefully regardless of the outcome. Because so there's the world where you say Dallas still loaded offensively, Andy Dalton 
is probably still a top 32 quarterback in football, even if he was a backup. And the Arizona Cardinals are playing their third straight road game. I think all that is fair. The other side of this coin, Dane, and I think the one that I could live with most reasonably, this Cowboys defense is horrible. They've done nothing to improve it. I still kind of can't believe Earl Thomas is not on this team. They've done Hmm. nothing to improve it. And now their quarterback, who was putting up incredible numbers, right? Yeah. Is gone. And even if we give Andy Dalton some juice, he's damn sure not Dak Prescott. So, to me, it's Arizona. It it has to be Arizona. Like, what am I relying? Here's the thing. Are you really relying on Dalton to match Kyler or this defense to figure something out? Because I don't feel good enough about either one of those things. Um, Option C. Okay. I'm not counting on Andy Dalton to be Dak. I am not counting on, you know, Kyler to come out here is what I think you can count on if you are a Cowboys backer. You're right. Andy Dalton is not Dak Prescott. Remember, though, one of the things we were saying a lot about Dak Prescott, this Cowboys offense, all the way back to draft night with CeeDee Lamb. We were like, wait a second. Are they going to give this all to Dak? Are they going to give Dak all the weapons? Is this going to be a pass team? And that kind of turned out to be the case, right? Dak throw on pace for over 6,000 yards and all that stuff. I said, well, if that was the case, then why'd they pay Ezekiel Elliott all that money Mm. to be what he's supposed to be? Because if you're going to be a throwing offense, then you don't need Zeke in that way. Well, now this is what I think is door C. Kev, I think that this is what we're going to see a ton of tonight. I think we are going to see a lot of Zeke Elliott. Chandler Jones is actually out for the year for the Arizona Cardinals. I know that's a pass rush thing, but it is up on the front. I think what we are going to see from Dallas moving forward is a heavy dose of Ezekiel Elliott. Opposing teams will have to prove they can stop Zeke before Andy Dalton, albeit a serviceable quarterback in my opinion, is going to have to prove that he could do anything with C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. I think this is going to be feeding Zeke Elliott. His prop bet total for rushing yards, Kev, is 89 and a half, but rushing plus receiving, which I'm intrigued by, is 120 and a half. You could also get him at, you know, what I thought was not a horrible price. You can get a minus. It's all the way to two to one to find the end zone. I think this is Zeke getting fed tonight, Kev. So here's the issue, right? Don't you think Dallas would have busted this out sooner? I mean, they didn't have to. Not with the way Dak was playing. They didn't have to. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. They had to. They were down too much. They keep getting down by too much. And they're left with no choice. So why would they all of a sudden not be down in the football game? I would almost argue to you, Dane, that you're better off taking the under. The idea Hmm. that they're going to come out there, just hand it to Zeke, and bleed a clock. I think there's a world that happens, okay? But, Dane, they should have been doing this weeks ago if it was that simple. They keep getting down. Now, Dak kept throwing some picks. Quietly was was getting picked off a little bit more. There were turnovers by this team. They're a sloppy football team. 
They are. So handing it off to Zeke, sure, why not? But when I'm down 10 going <laughs> into the second quarter, right. it's not much of an option anymore, is it? No, I, I agree with you, Kevin. Remember, we talk about this. I talk about this a lot with the Cleveland Browns, right? That they have to enforce their will early to do what they want to do. We've talked about this with the Baltimore Ravens on some level. You don't want to put Lamar in that spot. Now, you're, you're talking about it, and accurately so, that they have been put in that spot. But then that's part of where Dak Prescott has kind of, you know, the comeback victories, the performances he's had, the production, the yardage. I think they need to lead with Zeke as the as the first drive. I want to hand it to him eight times in a row on the first drive, Kev. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Hopefully that they don't get into the spot. I'm living and dying with the taking the ball out of the air, feed him early so that hopefully what you're talking about, I'm not in a position where I am behind and then have to rely on the red rifle. Easier said than done, but I think that should be what the Cowboys are trying to do coming out of this. Let me ask you on the other side, though, Kev. Listen, this Dallas yeah. secondary has been torched left and right, mm -hmm. you know, by players that are far worse than DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. What does Kyler get it done with the Arizona Cardinals offense tonight? Yeah, I think Kyler should just be going out there and drop it back as many times as possible, uh, having no fear uh, going in nuke time and time again, using his legs at will. Uh, you know, the home Texas narrative for Dalton is there. I feel yeah. like there's something about Texas like quarterbacks when they get to play here in Dallas. Kyler is from Texas, mm -hmm. and I just feel like he's been waiting to play in the bright lights in Jerry world. I think Kyler right. is going to have an absolutely dominant performance. Okay, it could be the coming out party, national TV in Jerry's world. However, Kev, that's not the only game on the slate for Monday Night right. Football. We'll talk Bills Chiefs and the World Series matchup. We come back here at the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on the grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. We talked about it, Kev. It, it's almost become commonplace now, right? We've had six weeks of the NFL season, and half of the time, we have a doubleheader on Monday night. It's, it's part of our new normal in 2020, unfortunately. But the game is, you know, moves because this was supposed to be Thursday night football. Couldn't have been Thursday night football because the Bills played on Tuesday night the previous week because of obviously what was going down with the Tennessee Titans. So with the puzzle pieces being moved, we have this one as the lead of the doubleheader. Five o'clock Eastern time, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to go through some tables outside of the stadium as they take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are home dogs. Five and a half mm -hmm. points I do believe at last check. We've got double nickels though. 55 and a half as the total. Hey. You know Hey, what are we going to see in this one? There's so many pieces to pull on, right? The Bills did not look good their last time out. I'm a little bit comfortable, though, Kev, putting a line through that game. That was so unique. The Tuesday night football, they're still banged up a bit. Davius White, most noticeably, trying to contend with that Chiefs passing game. Then on the other side, 
With Kansas City, no Sammy Watkins, so maybe guys like Aldrick Robinson and Nicole Hardman get a little bit of a boost. And everybody knows the big splash the Kansas City Chiefs made last week was signing Le'Veon Bell. However, he will not be in this one against the Buffalo Bills. So it's still Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the lead dog. And although he can't seem to punch it in from inside the 10, you got the rest of the guys as well. And what is this still elite fantasy herd? Are you thinking that the Bills are going to come out and hang? Or do you have concerns based on what you saw Tuesday? Yeah, I think, I think it was concerning because they've still not fixed the defensive issues. Now, it is still a short week despite playing on Monday. It's a Tuesday to a Monday game. Yep. I think we also saw that if Josh Allen doesn't have his A-plus stuff, it can get ugly. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs off of a loss. Here's the problem, Dane. We're getting only value on Buffalo. And this is where, yeah. as a better, you're, put, you're kind of put in a hard spot if you like the Chiefs. Unless you don't believe there is a home field advantage, right? Then, okay, you can back Kansas City and argue value. But if you believe there is home field advantage, as I do, this means then at least Kansas City is laying 10 points at home if they were to play the Bills. That's a lot of points to be laying. So to come back around here and be laying five and a half, do I think the Chiefs win this game by a touchdown? I think so, but I'm not getting value, and I shouldn't have to be paying this price in this game. But I'm not going to bet Buffalo if I think the bet's going to lose. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to sit the side out. I don't feel like I've got an edge anywhere on the side. I don't feel like I'm going to be comfortable with anything I bet on the side. I do like this game to go over. Is 55.5 high? It sure is. But last week, the Chiefs played a game in the 70s. The Bills defensively are still not there. I think they come out, play a cleaner offensive football game. And I think we've got a lot of points in this game. I think both Monday nighters have a lot of points in them. And that's obviously implied by a 55 and a half and a 54 and a half. Yeah, right. I think both of these games get into the 60s, the mid 60s. I think we are going to see all four offenses being Threes forced on the front number. to move the football. And. It's hard not to think about the last time the Kansas City Chiefs were kind of in a prove-it spot on Monday Night Football when mm. they played the Baltimore Ravens, right? So yeah, I, I think this is a game where I'm going to back the total to go over the number, and then that lends itself to playing in the props market. Okay. Uh, I'll give you the one prop I'm definitely going to hammer, although it's not available just yet, and I'm waiting for it. Um, it's Josh Allen to throw an interception. Um, and here's why. Um, in this matchup, and we've said it before, Kev, I want to draw your attention. Remember when we talked about Russell Wilson continuing to pull rabbits out of his hat and that at some yeah. point we have to acknowledge that that's just what he does, right? And then Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> we've seen him yeah. pulling rabbits out of his hat, and we have to kind of acknowledge that's just what the man does, right? And I have said to you, Kev, a number of times – that Josh Allen is doing that, but I don't trust it yet. 
He'll still make the mistake. He made some mistakes against the Rams. He makes mistakes against good quality competition in the playoffs, right? I'm with you, mm-hmm. Kev. I think points will be scored. I think these offenses will be able to do their damn thing, okay? The key stat for me is the turnover margin. The Bills so far this season are minus two in the turnover margin. They have turned the ball over eight times this season in five games. The Kansas City Chiefs are plus five. In the turnover margin, they have turned the ball over three times in five games. I agree with you, Kev. These teams will be able to score. In a game like this, I think where Kansas City gets their working margin is the Josh Allen mistake, Kev. I think in a game Mm. where you're right, both these teams will move. I can see both these teams being in the 30s. Yeah. But what I believe in is that Josh Allen will make the mistake that Patrick Mahomes does not. And in this kind of game, that's what makes it, you know, from like 24-21 in the third to all of a sudden it's 37-27 in the fourth because of the big mistake that Josh Allen makes. That's the way I see this going down. The difference in the turnover margin is going to be key for me, and I don't trust Josh Allen, Kev. And this market has come available. Now it's a minus 245 on the yes. Yes, it has. Ah. That's a lot of juice, I'm sure, okay? Here's what I have seen, though, in the live market thing. Wait it out. Cross your fingers. No picks in the first half. And you will be able to get this at about Dan, I can do it. Okay, you'll cool. Be, you know, you'll be cool. able to get it at even money. I promise you. Well, do you agree with me, though, on just the way I see it playing out, on the idea that that's the liability in this game? Yeah, well, think about it like this. His pass attempts prop is 39 and a half. Juice both right. days. Let's just say I get 39 attempts. A lot of opportunities for a mistake, Kevin. What? <laughs> That's a lot of opportunities for him to put one on the wrong team. So I agree with you. But I can't pay minus 245. Now, he threw a pick on the first drive last week. So at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. But it's just it's a sickening feeling to have a bet like that set out there, I think, for most people. So I'm just saying as somebody who's seen it in the live markets, you get over a half interception at halftime and even money. And you'll be very, very pleased about it. Uh, I'll also say, I saw someone make this point. I can't remember who it was, but it certainly stuck with me. Sammy Watkins is out, right? And I'm curious what you have to think about this, of course, with your fantasy background. But someone said, be careful assuming that that work just goes to Nicole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. And I think that's something that stood with me. Tyreek's been incredible all year long. His receiving number sits right now at 71 and a half. I think without Watkins, it's a big game, big yardage. Mm. Uh, I might be certainly taking I – mean, I'm going to take a look at a lot of these guys. This might be yeah. my last chance to play a CEH prop. Uh, but I'm certainly yeah. going to take a look at Tyreek over the receiving number. You know, somehow, Kev, and like given the player in question, I didn't want to mention it, but somehow, Kev, CEH is minus 150 to score a touchdown Dude, in this game. Can I, you know what's he crazy? He scored a touchdown since week I one. I looked it's last night. Ridiculous. I yeah. looked last night. It was minus 145. It's moved up. There are people who <laughs> don't care. Up. He's got to get in the end people zone. People are he winning. He got in the end zone last week, by the way, but Kelsey pulled it back. Yeah, I got called back I by penalty. I can't so we'll wrap see. my head around laying that juice on a guy. He hasn't scored since week one. Hasn't done it. I can't wrap my head around it. And then 
And obviously, in weeks moving forward, that opportunity may not be his anymore. It may be for whom the bell tolls. I agree with you, though. I don't just pivot to Aldrick Robinson. No, I do think Mikkel Hardman could have a little bit more usage. Because remember, yeah, he moves up to two, and Aldrick Robinson moves up to three, whatever. But this is an offense where Pat Mahomes is just going to puppeteer it to whatever he can get. He's going to get. I wouldn't make that knee-jerk reaction necessarily. Well, that'll put the football games to bed. This is a big game in the AFC because, listen, you talked about it with New England falling down, Cleveland falling down, still some concerns about even the Ravens, let's call it, right? So we will see. The winner of this game is, in fact, sitting pretty. But we have to talk about baseball, Kev, because we had over the weekend not one but two game sevens, and the Los Angeles Dodgers come all the way back. They get the job done last night, 4-3 against the Braves. Kiki Hernandez goes yard. Clay Bellinger goes yard in the seventh to be the margin of victory. Corey Seager uh, is your MVP of the NLCS. He was dominant with five home runs in the series, and the Braves come all, excuse me, the Dodgers come all the way back. They are standing in the World Series as your National League representative. I guess the swagger is back for Belly and the Dodgers. I will say this. uh, The Mookie Betts-Cody Bellinger pairing is so ridiculous. Because, and look, Bellinger had a down year offensively, right? But not only are they two great hitters, but they're two of the best fielders in the game. They're robbing home runs and being like, let's go! Every game. I mean, no, they legitimately (laughs) robbed a home run like almost every game. Mookie took a home run off Freddie Freeman. That game's still going on. Okay? So, I just... It blows my mind. Like, you don't see that, okay? You don't see that. Like, think about all the special hitters, right, in baseball. And that's, to be honest with you, though, in a way, like, that's where the game is. Like, Mike Trout's an elite fielder. Fernando Tatis has got a strong glove. Nolan Arenado, like Matt Chapman. It's like, but it's just awesome to see. I don't know. It was one of those things. I don't know if it was because the Astros are finally gone, but... I now am very content with who remains. I have no Mm. more ill will towards the Rays. I think the Dodgers are an (laughs) awesome baseball team. I think the Rays are a great baseball team. I think this is set up for an incredibly fun World Series. And uh, I think the Dodgers being your minus 210 favorites right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook is justified. I think anybody that wants to swing on the Rays at plus 165 is hard to argue with. I, I, I just... It's a great World Series. I, I think we, we are looking at a, a really, really nice matchup here. and uh, It's one I'm incredibly excited for. All right, and you referenced the Rays, and that's because in their Game 7 on Saturday, they got the job done 4-2 over the Houston Astros. They almost gave it all up, Kev. Right, They were up 3-0 in the series, battled back. It becomes a Game 7, but the Tampa Bay Rays do get it. The ALCS MVP is Randy Arozarena. I'm going to start calling him Arosi Pollo because, you know, the chicken and rice is what got him to this place in the pandemic. And Randy Arozarena is your ALCS MVP. You see it up there right now, setting a record for most postseason home runs by a Rookie, they almost pissed it away, but they didn't, and they are standing at the World Series as your American League champions. Yeah, and you know what, man? Like, I bet on the Rays in that game, 
and that one felt good. They they came out early. They put two home runs up, and man, that's I'll tell you what, Dane. You get down on that team. That's that's a tough. That's you an ugly bullpen, feeling, right? That's an ugly feeling, man. It, they are just hmm. hard to hit. They are hard to hit. And that's why, you know, this chess match now between the Dodgers and the Rays. And also, yeah. let's just say for Atlanta, that's a crushing way to go out, man. I mean, there's a lot of jokes about Atlanta sports. Up 3-1. You got Freed mm. and Anderson in 6-7. and seven. Uh, That is brutal. Brutal. Added to 28-3 to three for the Atlanta Braves. Added to them for winning, what, like 12 division titles and getting one World Series out of the mix. But, hey. We got Rays Dodgers. We'll talk about it real quick on the other side of the break to wrap up this edition of the Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in here to the early line. You know, Kev, you started to talk about the World Series, right? And game one is tomorrow. We'll preview it all, of course, here on the early line and on SportsGrid. You mentioned that the Dodgers are early minus 210 favorites to win the World Series. The Braves come back Mm -hmm. at plus 165. I want to ask you about two things that are going to be different for the Rays and their bullpen in the World Series. One is that we'll have off days in this series, Kev. We got two games, then an off day, mm. then three games, then an off day, then two games. So that could be something for the rotations and bullpen management. Also, the Rays, who have been in San Diego for the last couple of series, they now move to Globe Life, where there will be fans in the building as well. That is going to be a little bit different for the Rays for the first time all season, having fans in the stands, cheer them, boo them. The Dodgers have felt that a little bit. And there's going to be an off day to manage some of this bullpen, some of this rotation. Do either of those things matter to you? The day is off all the crowd? Yeah, no, it does because, you know, you can really then – have game one starters maybe available to you out of the pen yeah. game seven. Snow, Glasnow, Morton. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it, it keeps your your arms a lot um, more alive as this series goes on, right, in a way that they wouldn't have been. And I'll say this. We come into this series, it's hard not to give the Rays a monster pitching advantage, right? Like, like maybe I'm being an overreactionary here. Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Julio Arias. What a performance from him. Dustin yeah. May, but like... May, Gonsolin. These yeah. guys all had their moments where they got touched up. You know, Glasnow, Snell, Morton. Wow, what an arm you trust. This bullpen, it's like... I, I tell you, Tampa Bay, as much as the Dodgers were the best team in baseball all year long, maybe it was just because I, I just couldn't stand them during the season, but... You know, the Rays right. are a 41 baseball team, right? I mean, yeah. th- this is not All season a, long. All season long. This is not a surprise team in Tampa Bay. They were the favorites to make it out of the American League. And they're, they're right where they belong. They're right where they belong. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And to me, the Dodgers bullpen could be the one that's the most concerning. Plus 165 for the Rays. I am intrigued. I hope everybody does well tonight on Monday Night Football. Fantasy matchups are still up in the air, right? Mahomes, Kyler, D-Hop, Josh Allen. There's still work to be done. And tomorrow, we'll be here to talk about it all right here on the grid on the early line. The morning after is up next. My man, Kevin. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.